0: Check, check, one, two, check, mics on. From the world of education to you, my name is Dr. A. Our show is all about finding your voice by connecting our community through collaboration. All right, welcome back to another edition of Mike's On. This is episode 69, and joining me um, this time around is 7th grade geography teacher, Mr. Michael Mahan. Welcome, sir. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you today? Yeah, thank you for asking. I'm doing Okay. For those of you that don't know the business of doing a podcast, sometimes it doesn't go as planned the first time around. So this is actually take two. And uh, anyway, enough about that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's definitely something it's that fun, you, isn't it?
1: you get used to throughout the process is, you know, that first time the students were a little hesitant, <laughs> you know, feel like we have to get it right the first time. And then you go through a couple of takes and all of a sudden realize, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of
0: practice yeah. to yes, uh, get does. that recording right. Yeah. So I accidentally hit the one button and not another. And so we talked for a good two minutes before or whatever before this, and now we're redoing it. So anyway, um, for those of you that don't know who Michael is, he is our seventh grade geography teacher, started this year with us. Um, And uh, again, what do you think about the curriculum and how about these kids?
1: Yeah. So the curriculum, I I really enjoy even more than I thought I would. Um, Honestly, I feel like it gives myself the opportunity and my Java Life partner, Jared, the opportunity to really delve into various cultures with the students and not just teach them the curriculum points, but also delve into what it means to be a leader, to speak on our humanities and, you know, what that implies and how we, you know, comport ourselves inside and outside the classroom and why that matters.
0: Yeah. So um real quick, you know, I also was a geography teacher. So you and I have, uh, much of the same fabric woven in. But, um, what I really enjoyed about it was the fact that you really could talk about anything. Um, if you can keep yourself in a lane, because we know how kids can be too. love to get Dr. A or Mr. Mahan off track and talking about something else, but really the events of the day can be talked about because it's all part of really social studies and, and world geography. So, um, I really appreciate that part of it. What do you think of this age level at 12 and 13? Honestly,
1: um, (laughs) I I really like it. And I think that a lot of people kind of look at me kind of strangely when I say that sometimes. But uh, to be honest, uh, middle school was the quickest route to certification for myself with being a second career and the pandemic starting. That's kind of what reinforced my uh, pursuing of that within school. But then uh, and I al- always really thought I would transition to high school, but now being in it every day and you know interacting with the kids and seeing all of the great things that happen at this age as well, uh, I-, I really just enjoy what I do, and it's it's it really. A uh, cool and a unique experience to be,
0: you know, part of that formative age for, yeah. for these students. Well, you've been bitten by the middle school bug, is yeah. basically <laughs> what it is. I was the same way. I didn't realize that's where I would land, but I've been about twenty years at the middle school level, so it's yeah, the, good stuff.
1: Yeah, the interesting part you didn't share about you being a geography teacher is you were almost my geography teacher. I know, teacher. <laughs> I know. We
0: have we 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 have paths that almost nearly crossed mm-hmm. as you went to Ridgewood, and that's where I I, yeah. I taught. So. Um, but I'm that old that I did not have him in my class cause I moved on and whatever. Anyway. Hey, so, um, part of what we wanted to do today was kind of talk to you a little bit about the student voices po- podcast that we have going on here at Selvage. First of all, tell us a little bit about it and, um, why did you get into it? So, yeah, so
1: the voices podcast, uh, was kind of a winding road, uh, to it this year, it really started with uh, as you start as a first year teacher, you're trying to find your, you know, lane. What you're going to do and how you're going to give back to the school community. For a lot of us teachers, I know that's really important. And I was trying to find that at the start. You know, I didn't quite know what I was going to do or how I was going to do it, but I knew it was important and. Um, it started with the DEI Champions program, which is our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion program that we're running this year in Rockwood. Um, so I volunteered to be a DEI champion, and was selected uh, by you guys in administration, and I know that you know there were uh, you know a few people that applied. and I think I was just lucky enough to be one of the first ones that, <laughs> that said yes. Um, and so that's been some really unique training this year, and then you and I were kind of talking about that and directions that it could go within our building, and we just kind of settled on this podcast idea, and I didn't really know at the time if it was feasible or if I would be able to, you know, pull that off because this is not my area of expertise um, or if students would even be interested in but we decided to keep it with just seven blue students, and the turnout from the students was great. I think we had 13 or 14 students, so roughly 10% of our student population just on that team volunteered to be part of it in some way. And, you know, other students have wanted to be uh, part of that in between theater and, and other things, which has been really great to see. And so really now I feel like it almost has a life of its own. It's kind of out of my control. The students are really, you know, taking it on and, uh, running with it. Uh, there's a student in particular where she just she sends emails about it. She always wants to do something uh, more and different and uh, make shirts. And she's really kind of taken on a leadership role within the student body, um, even without the title. Right. And it's been really, really fun and interesting. To so, see
0: so how does that make you feel as an educator, knowing that kids want to come out and do this, but not only come out and do it, really get into it in a leadership way with you and not even having to say anything? Really? I mean...
1: Yeah, I mean, that part of it's for me, is the most rewarding. It's about the kids, and I am much more comfortable being in the background, coordinating, and, you know, helping the students reach their potential. Ultimately, this whole program is about them. It's about having, like, the DEI program not just woven within the fabric of the staff, but within the fabric of our community as a whole, which, in large part, is our student body.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You've already gotten one episode under your belt. I could see the excitement on your face when we were kind of putting the final touches on things and then to know it was out there for others to to, to grab onto and actually hear. Um, did that feel good for you? Was that a cool thing to, to know that, you know, something that you started, we put into a finished product and then we're able to to give it to others?
1: Yeah, it's... It's really unique. It's uh, something I I haven't quite experienced before. You know, I've thought about uh, being a content creator of source. I I think that a lot of us have these days just because it's just, it's omnipresent within our society. And so I think we all kind of wonder how we could create something, how we can give back and... To be able to see the look on the student's face was the best when, you know, you see that they've put all this work and effort in. The students don't, you know, get anything extra for this. They, they choose to be a part of this. And to see them finally see that payoff yeah. to all the work we've been putting into it was really great.
0: So the first episode, what, what did we talk about in the first episode? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, and so in the first episode, we talked about uh, Diwali, and then we talked about Native American Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. So we were staying um, with our, our DEI roots there, um, which is uh, kind of part of the ethos of the podcast for mm-hmm. us, that we want to m- make sure we we have a focus on throughout the course of the year, um, but also the students wanted to branch that out. And yeah. so we have an, uh, a different take on the second episode of the podcast, and this was the student's idea. And it was really important for me to give them that autonomy to take that leadership and, and take this in the direction that they want.
0: All right. So before we get started and we, we kick it over to the kids, talk a little bit about the process of what this one looks like um, and what they're talking about.
1: Yeah. So on this second episode of the SMS Voices podcast, we have uh, the kids interviewing um, students here at Selvage. About their experience in theater. Um, So for those of us here at Selvage, we just had our first school play of the year, The Curse of the Bard. Uh, It had like raving reviews uh, (laughs) within the student body and within the staff, and so we thought it would be really interesting to interview students who had different roles within that. So we interviewed Dr. C, who's our director Mm -hmm. here, and Uh, He led and directed the play, and so that was a really great experience. He was actually interviewed by a student who was in the play, so they had already a little bit of that rapport. Uh, We interviewed the student director, and then we interviewed students from various other departments that contributed to the play in some way.
0: Cool. So listen, um, we're going to have you on again another time as we get further down the road and get to know Mr. Mahan a little bit more, Um, but we're going to go ahead and take a listen to... um, Episode two of SMS Voices podcast, right? Yes, sir. All right, let's hear it.
2: I've got something to say. No, I've got something to say. But I've got something better to say.
3: We all have something to say. Welcome to
2: SMS SMS Voices. Voices.
4: Hello, my name is Taryn, and today I'm interviewing Adeline from STC, Selvage Theater Company. What role did you do in theater? Um,
2: I was on Props team, but I kind of worked with sex and backstage and
4: all that stuff. If you had a million dollars to donate to any charity, which one would it be? I would probably do something related to climate change and stuff like that. What makes climate change so important to you? Um,
2: because it's really affected our society, and I feel like everybody before us hasn't really like done anything much about it. So I think it's important that we start focusing on that now before it's too late.
4: What role did you originally want? Um,
2: I just said I'd take anything. I really didn't care since this is my first time.
4: What was the funnest part?
2: Um I liked one day I just came in and they just told me to start painting sets, and that was fun because I got to hang out with my friends who are who are on set design and just paint and it was fun.
4: What were some of the challenges that you faced?
2: Definitely, um closing my not because everybody was sobbing by the end of it, um but also because um all the chorus, we have. So we had like 200 glow sticks at that point for one of the songs and by the end there were glow sticks all over the gym and in the hallways so I had to go pick all those up.
4: Are you going to be in Descendants and if so what role or job do you want? Um, I want to do tech crew for Descendants for lighting. What is your ultimate dream job?
2: Um, I want to be a digital artist, um, preferably character designer or story artist for Disney, Pixar or Nintendo.
4: What makes that want to be your dream job?
2: Um, I really enjoy drawing and art, and I think it's an interesting career to
4: pursue. Well, thank you, Adeline, for being here, and thank you for listening. I'm Taryn from the SMS Podcast.
3: Hi, I'm Lillian with the SMS Voices Podcast, and today I'm here with Dr. C um, to ask him a couple of questions from the Selvage Theater Company, STC so um first has it always been your dream to be a theater teacher
5: you know i always enjoyed theater uh, in school Uh, i was in a few plays but i didn't actually start doing plays till high school Um, and then in college i did some speech and debate and uh, competed nationally Um, but uh, i always liked just being a teacher Uh, i always felt like i just uh, was a teacher who enjoyed plays and doing drama and doing theater so The dream's really always been a a teacher uh the theater stuff just kind of felt like a bonus i used to teach math i used to teach elementary and eventually just fell into theater so So you
3: think is theater your favorite thing to teach uh
5: i i think so middle school theater has been a lot of fun i've enjoyed it uh you know this is my second school that i've taught theater at now and um, i've really enjoyed uh, working with uh, students in sixth seventh and eighth grade Uh, definitely a lot of energy a lot of fun and uh, you know keep me on my toes so
3: yeah um but how do you find plays for your performances
5: yeah you know it's funny i have people ask me you know all the time already i've had people ask me you know what's the play after the descendants and uh, you know i i do a lot of reading of uh, different plays either online or you know if i find something just sitting around the classroom or Uh, order some some playbooks uh, and I'll I'll start reading if something catches my eye within you know first 10 to 15 pages I'll hang on to it come back to it later have a little collection and then um, and then I'll come back to it when I have some time to really sit down and and look through it and uh, just kind of filter it that way Uh, what the challenge this year was coming into a new building and not necessarily knowing the 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 students personalities and talent level and experience and uh, you know finding a play that maybe fit within the 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 overall feel and 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 climate of of the students involved in theater so when i moving forward i'll i'll have a better idea of some of the people that'll be back next year and that'll help me kind of determine you know, which, which angle I want to want to look at as far as selecting a, a play. But a lot of reading, a lot of saving what I read, and then going back to it and rereading it, and then uh, finally making a decision, um, you know, usually over the summer.
3: Um, so what is your favorite play that you've ever been in?
5: That I have ever been in? Um, you know, in high school I was in this play that I actually thought about doing when I came here. Called the clumsy custard horror show and uh, i got to play this character called the Warful, and he would uh he was kind of like the cowardly lion from wizard of oz um if he got like mutated by some sort of radiation <laughs> um and uh he'd, he'd walk around he'd go warful 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 and uh i don't know i just had a lot of fun with that character Uh, enjoyed, enjoyed that a lot. Uh, a close second would be, uh, we did Bye Bye Birdie my senior year of high school. And I got to play Conrad Birdie and I got my, my entrance into the show. Uh, I got to, uh, somebody drove me in on the back of their motorcycle. So that was pretty sweet to, to ride a motorcycle inside the gymnasium at our school. Um,
3: yeah. So after high school, were you ever in any plays outside of school?
5: Uh, actually, no. I go to, I watch a lot of them. Um, I'll go to, you know, stages in different uh, plays of the Fox Theater and I'll watch a lot, but I actually have not been in any shows. I've directed a lot of, of plays in readers' theaters. I, I've coached speech and debate teams. Uh, I go back and judge uh, speech and debate at uh, the collegiate level and the high school level. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, judge uh, high school 1X, but I actually have not been in any plays. Uh, I have looked into uh, actually taking some improv classes, um, you know, just around the community. Uh, I would have done that this year, but coming into a new building, I didn't want to put too much on my plate. So maybe next year, Uh, but yeah, at this point, I actually have not since college been involved in any shows other than directing them. Uh,
3: So how much time do you really spend at school when you're doing a play? Whoo.
5: Well. the week of our last show, The Curse of the Bard, I averaged uh, the, the week before and the week of our performances I was getting to school pulling in the parking lot about 5:30 in the morning and then we would have rehearsals I probably wouldn't get out of rehearsal till 6:30 or seven o'clock at night um, and then uh, generally you know before those two weeks of tech week as we call them in the theater world, uh, i i would usually stay till about five o'clock so i'm, I'm put it in uh what quite a few hours i don't know what the math is on that but that's a lot of hours yeah. uh, afterward. but yeah usually th- those two weeks of tech week i'm here 5 30 to about 6 30 or 7.
3: yeah so speaking of curse of the bard what was your favorite costume in the show
5: my favorite costume in curse of the bard that is a good question um man well, I will say, and not just because you know she's the one interviewing me right now, but Edna Phelps did have a pretty amazing costume with yeah. the wig and the walker. Um, I like your like, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty. I'm amazing.
3: really glad you liked it. <laughs> it was very hot. So yeah, I'm-
5: it was. It that was a fun one. Um, you know, I can tell you that uh, in this play, one of the characters, Marge, had this uh, boa that as much as I thought she looked fantastic in it, the boa itself drove me insane because her feathers from the boa would end up everywhere on the floor, on the stage. I think it was even in my classroom, you know, but uh, the costume itself was great, but that boa, man, those feathers were everywhere.
3: Yeah, so did your characters, like, did your favorite character, like, change from the initial read-through to when um, people actually portrayed the character? Do you think it changed?
5: Um. You know, that's a good question. I don't know if it changed so much. Uh, because when I read it, I mean, I loved, I just loved, it's hard to say I had a favorite character because I loved so many of them. I mean, Denise cracks me up. And the way that uh, Danny, uh, Danny Hume uh, portrayed her was, I thought, perfect. Uh, and just this, you know, ditzy, dumb doesn't know where her own house is and it was perfect i just i i loved the and 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 there was this innocence about it and anytime you saw danny on stage uh as denise like she was always in character even if she didn't have lines so that 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 might have been something that really kind of like wow not only are the lines funny on paper but here's somebody that took this role and really like owned it from action to curtain call uh so that was that was pretty awesome but you know you had Winifred Burnside and um gosh there was uh you know uh Wendell the big nerd you know I mean these 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 characters were just a lot of fun the duct tape crew how can you not love those guys so um but yeah I would say Danny definitely or Denise definitely steps stands out as a character that I really enjoyed both on paper and on the stage
3: yeah um but what was your favorite scene in the entire play
5: probably the duct tape song uh i think i just always know that's going to be the 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 scene that kind of gets everybody going brings down the house i love even now i'll play the song in class and you know everybody will start jamming to it uh it's just one of those where it's catchy it's fun and and uh you know everybody seems to enjoy it i know it was my kid's favorite scene in the play so
3: yeah it was very fun to be on stage and like do like, whatever Edna would have done, like I did on stage. Right, That right. was very fun. It was great. Um, yeah, so, but now a fun question. If you had to eat one dish for every day of your life, what would it be?
5: Man. See, it's a tough call because I feel like I'm either going to go appetizer type thing with, like, you know, some hot wings or something, or the other side and go, like, ice cream because I am very much a fan of, like, a Snickers Blizzard or a Snickers Concrete. Um, but I probably lean towards, towards some hot wings. Just, you know, I like warm foods and that's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite, uh, food and it's not the healthiest, but by golly, you know, it, it tastes so, so, so scrumptious. So,
3: all right. So thank you, Dr. C for being on the SMS podcast. Um, once again, I'm Lillian and thank you. Bye.
4: Hi, I'm Addison with the SMS Voices podcast. Today we have Taryn from STC Salvage Theater Company. Taryn, what did you do in theater? I was the costume assistant, so I helped find the costumes, put them together, and I did people's hair and makeup. What was the hardest costume to find? It was probably all the shirts for our chorus members, because they were always the wrong size that we needed. How many chorus members were there? There were probably around 20. A, lot a little shirt. less. It's <laughs> a lot. What was the hardest part of costume and makeup? Um, it was probably just making sure everyone had the right costume that they needed and that everyone had makeup that we approved of on because they'd be like, is this good? And we're like, when did we tell you to do that? That looks nothing like what we wanted. So we have to help them. Um, what was the funnest part? It was probably when our uh, actor playing Coach Buttkiss, Carson, we had a fat belly for him because he was supposed to be a middle-aged gym teacher. And the fat belly broke and he said his water broke. So we said we couldn't turn the cafeteria into a delivery room because that's where it all happened. I see. <laughs> How do you feel about the final production? It was really good except from all the crying that people did it we all did so well and we were all really proud of ourselves if you could be famous for anything what would it be probably something like script writing because i like writing scripts for anything if it's a play a musical maybe even a podcast i really enjoy doing stuff like that and if you could immediately gain a skill what would it be um... probably like an infinite vocabulary so i could just always have the best comebacks And it would just make writing a lot easier. uh,
6: Thank you, Taryn. Once again, I'm Addison for the SMS Voices Podcast. Thank you for listening.
7: Hi, I'm Vignesh from the SMS Voices Podcast crew. And I'm here with Natalie from the STC Salvage Theater Company. Hello, I'm Natalie Grill and I work
8: with the Salvage Theater Company. So, Natalie, what do you do in theater? So, I work on the tech crew, but specifically lighting. And my job on it is to control the uh, lighting panel, which controls all of the overhead lights on the stage. Nice. And what challenges did you face? So, on one of the days where the tech director wasn't in the building, the lighting like completely cut out and would not turn back on, so we weren't able to use lighting for that full day. So were you guys just in the dark? We still have like the cafeteria lights, but we didn't have any on stage lights, so it was like kinda hard for the actors to see anything on stage and backstage.
7: Okay, and what advice would you give for people thinking of joining the tech crew?
8: So I have a few things that I would like suggest. So the first thing is to always bring a script and a pencil to your practices because you need to be able to write down notes for like new things to add. Try not to get like distracted during the show because you might not miss a, you might like miss a cue during it and that wouldn't end that well. And if you're struggling on like remembering how to use whatever tech like materials you're given, whether it's like a spotlight or the control panels or like sound related things, then Don't, like, be scared to ask for help on them because anyone would be willing to help you on the tech crew.
7: That sounds like a nice team. And what were your favorite moments from theater?
8: So I really enjoyed, like, all the little inside jokes we had within theater because there was a lot of, like, funny moments that happened during this, like, performances, during the practices. And they were, like, really fun to just, like, joke about. And I also liked the time we spent in, like, the STEM room before the each like show because it was just kind of nice to like talk to everyone on how the show went and like What's gonna go on for the next one even though it was like kind of stressful for some of us Okay, and how much time do you spend on theater? So I was my role this show I really only went needed to be there for the last like months about for of practices but uh, and during that month I spent a lot of time in working on theater and I had to stay after to like put away all the stuff and then I also stayed for a set design day which was like eight hours of just working on the set
7: and I heard that you guys had to stay really late on the day that you had to perform
8: yeah so on the first rehearsal day we stayed until like a little bit past 10 but on the second one it was set strike day so we had to like put away all the set stuff which meant we had to stay until like nearly midnight.
7: Okay, wow. And what's
8: your brightest moment in theater? I really liked seeing like, how the shows all came together in the end on the performance nights. And it was like nice seeing all my hard work on the lights like coming together and going smoothly.
7: Okay, and here's one last question. If you were
8: famous, what would you most likely become famous for that's definitely a hard question but i feel like possibly maybe some kind of attorney okay
7: yeah that sounds good thank you natalie for your time and i'm vignesh from the sms podcast crew and thank you for listening today
1: hello welcome back and my name is mr mahan with the sms voices podcast today i will be interviewing natalie pennington who is with the STC, the Selvage Theater Company. Natalie, what do you do in theater?
6: Personally, I direct people and fill in when Dr. C can't. Uh, Being a director, he needs to be in like seven different places at once. So I'm there to fill in when he's, let's say, working with the chorus and I need to work with main cast. Uh, I'm also there to help with whatever the main cast needs, whether that's blocking, lines, choreography. Uh, as a whole, we create and perform and entertain people, and we just have fun.
1: Well, that sounds awesome. So it sounds like that you fulfill a lot of roles within theater and just kind of help everyone with what they need. Who is it that inspired you as a child?
6: Probably the most inspiring person that I knew as a child would definitely be my mom, just because she's always like pushed me to get out of my comfort zone, and just be myself and do whatever I wanted and she was the person who most encouraged me to do theater, to like get out of my bubble and make new friends and just have that experience.
1: That sounds really great. So with being pushed outside of that comfort zone, what would you say is the biggest obstacle you had to overcome as a student director?
6: As a student director, my biggest obstacle would probably be earning the respect of my peers, just because seeing them in class on a day-to-day basis is different from seeing them at the theater and having to give them instructions on like what to do and where to be and everything
1: absolutely and conversely what would you say your proudest moment is as a student director
6: my proudest moment there's so many but if i had to pinpoint it down to just one it would definitely be our opening night performance um when everybody was clapping during the curtain call and our lead brooke gave me the cue to walk on and everybody's clapping and we all took our bow and I was like, and it just clicked in my head and I was like, wow, we had a successful show and we're about to do three more.
1: (laughs) That sounds really great. So we talked, you referenced a little bit about the conclusion of the play and how big of an impact that was for you. Let's talk about the start. How did you feel about the curse of the Bard when production began?
6: When it began, it was kind of scary and stressful. Because it was a play that nobody has really heard of, nobody knew what Curse the Bard was. Uh, we had a new theater teacher, Doctor C, so nobody knew how that was going to go, how he was going to run things, and a whole new group of sixth graders and a lot of new seventh graders, um, and it was just like everybody was like, "Wow, what? Like, what are we going to do?"
8: <laughs> yeah.
1: So it seems like it was maybe a little overwhelming at the start, but once you guys made it through everything and. Rehearsed and made it through months and months of work and effort. How did you feel once it was completed?
6: Once it was completed, I know I was very excited. I know everybody else was excited. We were like, wow, you know We performed amazingly two and a half months of hard work just paid off Uh, Our very final performance. I know a lot of people were crying. I was (laughs) getting a little teared up Um, Just because it was ending theaters like a second family to a lot of us and having to leave them was sad, but I think in the back of our minds, we all knew that we have uh, the spring musical, that we would still be able to like be together and hang out and have fun.
1: So what can you tell us about the upcoming spring musical?
6: Uh, I can't really tell you much, but what I can tell you is that the musical is Descendants, Junior. Auditions are this Tuesday and Wednesday, with the Thursday being used as callbacks, and we perform on March 10th and 11th. There are six main cast roles, Mal, Evie, Jay, Carlos, Ben, and Maleficent. The cast list should be out by the end of this week, which I know everybody will be very excited for that. Uh, I can't really say much more, but I do know that it will be an amazing production with an amazing cast and crew.
1: That sounds so amazing and really happy to hear the optimism, especially from the student director. And with auditions being this week, what would you say to new people who want to join theater?
6: Uh, what I would say my advice would probably be, uh, don't be nervous, I know you've heard that a lot and I know it would probably be scary being in a new place with a bunch of new people, but I can promise that it's an amazing journey and myself, Dr. C, and all of the cast and crew will be able to help and support you every single step of the way.
1: It sounds like you guys have really formed a great family and a cohesive group. I've heard nothing but great things about The Curse of the Bard, your guys' most recent performance. Um, now we have a little bit of a personal question that we've been asking everybody um, at the conclusion of the interview. So what would you do if you had all the money in the world?
6: Oh, if I had all the money in the world, I would definitely help charities, like definitely give away the money. I would not keep it all for myself. And I would de- I would use a little bit of it for our theater company, being the student director, that's like one of my biggest concerns, uh, new costumes, probably new paint, new everything, (laughs) new tech stuff, because it's really expensive. Um, Just to benefit people in general.
1: So even with all the money in the world, you would still want to give back to the Selvage Theatre Company?
6: Yeah, I would. That and like any charity, like food pantries, donation, like homeless shelters, um, that and like the STC, of course.
1: Well that, those all sound like amazing causes And thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm Mr. Mahan with the SMS Voices podcast, joined again today by Natalie Pennington, our student director here at Selvage Theater Company. Make sure to come out and watch the spring musical, Descendants Junior, that Natalie will be student directing alongside Dr. C to come see the amazing cast and crew. Thank you so much for being here with me today.
0: Join us in the weeks to come as we learn and grow together.